Welcome to Oklahoma Real Estate Radio, the podcast for industry professionals who want to be in the know. I'm your host, Christy Gillantine, and join me as I talk to the best in our business as they share valuable market insight, offer solutions you can use now, and share local information you won't find anywhere else. Thanks for joining, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Did you know that Oklahoma is a real estate opportunity market right now? Join me and Elizabeth Reigns today as we talk about just that and the things that you need to find out about in order to take advantage of that. Elizabeth is the broker and team leader for the Keller Williams Preferred Realty Office here in Tulsa, and she's also a MAPS coach, and she's been coaching realtors for a long time. I'm so happy to have her here, and let's get started with Elizabeth. Welcome, Elizabeth, to our show today. Elizabeth, I'm so excited to have you. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So tell us, Elizabeth, what do you have going on right now in real estate? What are you seeing out there? Oh, my gosh. Um, this is really a opportunity time. And I would encourage people to turn off the news. Uh, don't buy into the hype, right? Because we know that doom and gloom and drama sells. But every market has its own unique opportunities, and all great fortunes are made a down market. History has shown us that. So this is going to be a great opportunity time. You just have to focus on your plan. Opportunity market. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's talk about the, the what the agents are facing that, right? So they're facing that head trash in a little bit. What are some of the things that they can do to combat that? Besides turning off the news work, what are the, some of the things they can do on a daily basis to keep themselves on track and in the right state of mind? Well, I think you have to look for those key influencers that will kind of help you get the waters, so to speak. Educate yourself about what's going on in the the financial markets. Get your vendor partners aligned. You want to have some great lender partners, some great mortgage partners that can help you navigate the waters. There's a ton of programs out there. We have a lot of tools in our toolbox from loan programs to buying down points, But we have to go to the market. For the last five years, the market has been coming to us. It's been easy. We've had historically low interest rates. And now it's time for us to be proactive, go to our databases, go to our consumer, educate them, and help them get unstuck. So when we're talking to the consumer and we're having those conversations, you know, what should we be telling them? What should we... Not necessarily the facts, but how should we be starting that conversation? Well, I like to start with a really, really open-ended question. I think that as agents, we have been trained to say the least favorite script in the world. Are you thinking about buying or selling a house? I really, I truly yeah. hate that script. If we could ban that script, that would be great. Um, <laughs> I think a better question is, Tell me what your real estate plans are for 2023, right? It's an, Tell me it's what a, your real estate plans are for 2023. I like that. Yeah. It's a better question. You know, are we talking to a real estate investor? Are we going to move mom in with us? Do we have rental properties we want to liquidate? 
Are we going to do a VRBO? It, ask a better question to have a better conversation. And then that conversation, we can take that wherever it needs to go. But I think it's up to us right now to initiate the conversation. The conversation, yeah. And to be that knowledge source for people when they do have questions about what's going on. A lot of people hear what's happening on the news, and that's not necessarily what's happening in Oklahoma. Maybe what's happening on the coast or somewhere else and has nothing to do with our market at all. Well, and, and even within our market, you know, there's always a market inside the market, right? Right. So just because it may not be a great time for first-time home buyers because interest rates have doubled since January doesn't mean that we're not a great rental market or we're not a great investor market or we're not a great 1031 exchange market. So you've got to be prepared to have those conversations for your client of the moment. And that client's going to change depend on the market that we're in. Absolutely. So speaking of that, I'm hearing a lot about how it is a little bit unaffordable right now for that first time home buyer price point, that entry level price point. What are some of the suggestions for agents to help their clients on that? Is it moving out of farther out? Is it, what are some of the options for those guys that are feeling that pinch? Well, okay. First of all, we've got to educate ourselves about what's out there. Just this week, we had a client moving to Tulsa, did not know about the Tulsa relocation program. There's an extra $10,000. If you're moving here out of state to work in Tulsa, the city of Tulsa has a plan, right? There are incentive programs for first responders, firefighters, police officers, teachers, depending on the county. So you want to look into county programs, right? You want to look into other sources of income that might be out there. And we're going to have to dust off some old tools from our toolbox, right? And that's the buying down points so that we can get people into an affordable payment that they like. There's land contract or uh, you know, deed contracts, however Contract you want to call deed. it, so, own contracts, yeah. depending on where you're from, they all have a different title. But we've got a way to get somebody into the property, let them rent for a year, but secure that property today at the price, today's price, and then let them close on it somewhere in the future. We're going to have to get creative and really educate ourselves. I really like some of these solutions you're talking about because I didn't even think about that. Uh, The relocation program that the state of Oklahoma is doing and things like that. So essentially do the homework and get out there and find where money is available for these first time home buyers, these entry level price point and help them find that. What about 401ks? Market is taking a bath. People using 401k loans and maybe securing that in a different way. Yeah, you can borrow right now from your 401k, pay it back in a specific amount of time without penalties. So I encourage people, let's get with your financial planner. Let's figure out what's out there. You've got some money that's probably earning a terrible return or going down, right? Right. And in addition to that, we have a lot of investors that are pulling their money out of the stock market 
They've got to put it somewhere and they're going to put it into real estate. Absolutely. And we've been saying that for the last probably 18 months or so, but so you're saying that's probably not going to slow down. We're going to consent, continue to see some institutional type buyers. Oh, it's, it's going to go, it's only going to go up and pay attention to what is going on in national and worldwide markets. The dollar right now is extremely strong compared to other currencies. We're just the least ugly currency out there. You know, not that (laughs) we've earned it. We haven't exactly earned it. Yeah. But it it does show that we're going to have out-of-the-country buyers. We're going to see more investment into the United States. That's going to continue. So think about a global approach, too. Think about we've seen a lot of foreign money coming in the last couple of years. Yeah. So speaking of that, right? So how does a realtor tap into that type of a market? How would a realtor maybe market or cater to somebody that is an out of area buyer and reach those guys? So one, if you belong to a global network, we just, we have the benefit of that. If you belong to a global network, tap into it. For example, We've got offices in 58 other countries. So that's a database within itself true. To, to tap into, to let them know, hey, I'm here to help you um, if you have any clients moving to the United States. Strangely enough, I have a person that I work with who's in the Philippines. And it, whether people knew this or not, Facebook Marketplace is a thing around the world. And so if you want to find a property in the Philippines, you go to Facebook Marketplace. So, you know, just as we might advertise a property here in the United States on Facebook Marketplace, you might advertise a property on Facebook Marketplace around the world to attract people who are looking to relocate. Wow, Elizabeth, you just blew my mind. (laughs) So we should be listing our houses on Facebook Marketplace. Yes, Specifically, not just posting a flyer and things like that, but actually posting them as a listing in Facebook Marketplace. That's brilliant. Wow. Okay. Okay. And two, also the idea of if you are with a national company, if you're with a nationally recognized company, that network. Um, Tap into it. And if you're in other countries, yeah, maybe reach out. Like you're prospecting for buyers here, reach out and prospect for agents there that have buyers, investment buyers, or maybe second home buyers or whatnot that want to move some of that money here. Absolutely. They should just be a a part of your database that you reach out to monthly and make them part of your drip campaign. That's a great idea. Wow. I really like that. So let's talk about our market. You know, it is an opportunity market. Like we talked about, where are some of those opportunities? Is it areas, niches, If somebody was to be investing, where should they be looking right now? Well, strangely enough, the biggest motivator and the biggest trigger in real estate is human behavior. So the opportunities are all around you in all areas because there's something that's happening now that's different in 2008. We had a real estate bubble that with our partners, we created, right? What's going on now is not a real estate bubble. 
it's all happening externally, right? Your electric bill is more. Your cost of living has gone up considerably. And when a consumer looks at that, they can't negotiate with the electric company. They can't negotiate with their utility company. The only piece they have to control is their home situation. Unfortunately, we've got people that are going to double down on their lifestyle and forego their investment in their property. So we're going to have people sell properties or deal to maintain their lifestyle. That's just just a fact. Or they're just going to be like, this is too hard, or I don't like the risk, or whatever it might be. We're seeing deals in all price ranges because of the motivating factor behind why people sell. I've heard it said it's never the fault of the property. It's the decision of the homeowner of when they decide to sell. Real estate is always a good investment. The only way we make it not a good investment is when we sell at an opportune time. Yeah, that makes sense. Wow. Okay. Okay. For people that are staying in their homes, maybe they got a great rate, right? And they've decided to stay and to not make that move, possibly investment properties, things like that. But I do agree that people are probably selling to do some maintaining of their lifestyle. I've always followed expireds and historically expireds, the owners were always a family, an individual, a couple, whatnot. And what I've noticed is a really high amount of LLCs Mm. um, that were in that group of expireds, which tells me that, and it wasn't even people necessarily of ownership within the state. You know, these guys had out-of-state ownership. So that makes sense. It's very common. You bring up a really good point, Christy. Something that we haven't had to think about for a really long time, but I encourage everybody, go get with your lender partner and have a conversation about these assumable loans. We've not used assumables in a really, really long time, but if somebody has that great 2.85% rate, a new home buyer, that's a way to help your first-time home buyers or your challenged buyers get into a property at a payment and a rate right. they can afford is an assumable. And we got to dust off that skill and get familiar with it again. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's been used probably since the, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, the 80s. We you know, haven't the 90s had to. The latest. Yeah, yeah, we haven't had to. But most FHA loans are assumable. And so we just got to get with our lender partners and see what their rules are about that and how we help buyers get in at those great rates. Yeah. So say, for example, a realtor has a home that they're going to list and the person bought it as an FHA mortgage in the last couple of years. So it's still pretty new. How would a realtor help that client find out if their home is assumable? If that loan is assumable, correction. Right. The, the best thing they need to do is to reach out to their lender or reach out to mm-hmm. the loan officer who helped them purchase the home and just find out. Ask the questions. Perfect. Um, yeah, Perfect. we need to find out what people, I guess I should say, what realtors don't understand about lenders is lenders have overrides. Everybody has their own set of overrides. So if I ask you what is the FHA credit score, right? 
I hear everything from 640 to 580. And by the right. way, that's all correct. Depending on the right. lender, FHA says it's, it's 580. But the lender may have put overrides on top of that. Well, they also put prepayment penalties or other nuanced requirements in there. Requirements. Yeah. So we have to talk to the lender. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's great. So basically, probably take a look at that mortgage when you go to list a house and find out if that's an option that you could use while you're marketing that home. Absolutely. That's a great idea. All the difference in the world. That's a great idea. Well, Elizabeth, the people that are coming in this industry, whether it's now or in the last couple of years, it's changed. It's definitely a mm-hmm. different market. If you've been in for a couple of years, it's definitely you're seeing something different. If you're new coming in, then it's probably good because that's all. But what advice right. would you give for new agents getting into the market or having been in for such a short amount of time? Well, if you've come into the market in the last five years, you have been in a bubble, right? A bubble of low interest rates, a lot of money, a seller's market, all of which is a trifecta of what's not realistic in a traditional market. People tell me they're panicking because interest rates are six and a half percent. I think interest rates be 7.5%, right? Yeah. And if we look at interest rates over the history, the average medium interest rate is 7.5%. That's sustainable. That doesn't mean that we're borrowing buyers from the future. We're not creating an unrealistic market. Will it be an adjustment? Yes. Do I think we're going to be there for a long time? Yes. So I think an agent that's come into the market needs to get their skill set up. They need to be able to have tough conversations. They need to be able to have conversations about interest rate, tax benefits of purchasing. They've really got to hone their skills and they cannot be a lead receiver. They're going to have to be a lead creator. They're going to have to initiate the conversations because the sellers are not just coming to us right now. Right. The lead create or the, what did you say? The lead creator. That's right. You can't be a lead receiver. That's right. You're going to have to be a lead creator. Not a lead right receiver. Now. You're going to have to create those opportunities. I love that. Okay. Well, Elizabeth, talk to me about looking over your career, right? Looking back over your career. What are some of the best lessons that you've learned that you want to share with the agents that are listening? Number one. The conversation is the relationship, and the relationship is the conversation. So I will hear agents say, well, my my clients know I'm here for them. If they ever need anything, they'll call me. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Right? We have to maintain the relationship. You know, it's kind of like that joke, I told you I loved you the day I married you, and if anything ever changes, I'll let you know. Right? Right? (laughs) Uh, It doesn't work that way. You know, the hard part of being in the business is we have a transaction with a client, and then there's going to be a span of time, and that's usually a few years before that client has another real estate need. Well, we have to stay in relationship with them during that dating period until they have a real estate need again. And that's the not sexy part. And that's the part that, you know, you have got to maintain your client relationships, whether it's quarterly, 
if it's client events, if it's a phone call just to say, hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm here if you need me. I saw your Facebook post. Congratulations on that new job. But we have to put a little effort and work into maintaining those relationships or you will meet that client somewhere and they will tell you about their new house that they bought with somebody else that wasn't you. Right. And that's happened. That's I'm sure that's happened Happened to to a lot of people in this industry. Happened to all of us. Absolutely. It's happened to all of us. And there's different ways that realtors can do that. They can be, you know, this time of the year is when we can do business planning, right? So we're in Q4, we're in October, we should be looking at 2023. So building those relationships, keeping those relationships, what does that mean to you, right? That could that mean I'm going to send out 10 touch cards a week. I'm going to call everybody and let them know to take a look at their property taxes or whatever that happens to be, put that plan together and then just work that plan, that, that unsexy part of real estate, work that plan throughout the year and see how it pays off. Well, first of all, let's be honest. Okay. Let's call it what it is. We are in 2023, right? Pretty much. If you write an offer, if you take a listing, we might get it closed before the end of the year. I mean, we still can probably November, But middle of November, we're done. We're in 2023. So you're already lead generating for 2023. Now, it doesn't matter what your behavioral profile is. It doesn't matter if you're an extrovert, you're an introvert, you love the tech, you love the paperwork. It doesn't matter. There's a way for you to lead generate and communicate with your database. So don't look at somebody else's plan and go, oh, my God, you know, like I could never do that. Whatever works for you, however you will lead generate. People ask me, what's the best way to lead generate? I go, the way you will, right? <laughs> I can't I can't make you do anything, right? So come to terms, whatever you're willing to do, whether it's a text, a broadcast text, a broadcast voicemail, handwritten note cards, client event, pop buys, pie giveaway, It doesn't matter. The point is that you do something and you get into action and you reconnect with your database and let them know that you're here for them. That's fantastic. Okay. Well, talking of the industry, where are you plugging in to stay on top and where are you finding your information right now? I'm a huge fan of bigger pockets. So, um, yes, me too. Me too. Yeah. Huge fan of bigger pockets. Um, I go to YouTube University every day and I watch Graham Stephan for financial, you know, to stay on top of the financial markets and what's going on. He's a real estate agent, so he always relates it back to real estate. He's a real estate investor. Nice. So I think that you've got to go find a great source of information that you can feed yourself and stay on top of what's happening. Again, the news is always, you know, going to sell drama, not necessarily solutions. And I'm looking for people that are looking for the opportunity in the market and the solutions and how we can help our clients and our agents stay ahead and take advantage of the market. And the clients need that. They need us to stay ahead and be in the know to help them. Right. Absolutely. They do. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Well, what do you think is coming on the horizon in our industry? What changes do you think that we should be on the lookout for? I think that we're going to continue to see the advance of technology. Uh, I think we're going to see the advance of video. I tell every agent, if you're not comfortable with video, get over it. You've got to get over it. I think that YouTube has taught us a valuable lesson. You can build a strong client base and be relatable and people feel like they truly have a relationship with you from that video presence. So learn how to use video in your life, right? An example I'll give is the top 10 questions that consumers always ask never change, right? What happens when we find a house? What happens when we write the offer? What happens after we write the offer? So I encourage agents, go out and make some shorts, some 30-second short videos, and then always stay out ahead of your client, right? So Mm -hmm. after I meet you, I'm going to send you the video. I know you're thinking, what's going to happen next? Gotcha. After we write an offer, I know that you're thinking, what's going to happen next? So you can build this video library that allows you to be in more than one place at one time. Right. Yeah. It also allows you to create a resource library for your clients, right, that they can go to and tap into. I think if you're not taking advantage of video, social media, you're really missing the boat in our industry. I think you've got to get comfortable with those things. People don't want it scripted. They want it real. They just want they want to see the authentic you. And if you're not comfortable, get out that camera and or your phone and record, record, record. You don't right. have to post it. You can just practice for a while until you feel comfortable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, and go, find go your to voice YouTube. that way. Yeah, find your voice. Go to YouTube University, learn, watch some people, figure out what you like, you know, what your style is. Like You know, you're comfortable, Christy, with this live one-on-one exchange. Some people will be like, oh, my God, I can never do that. Okay, just go make a video, right? Right. And then post it. Go make some open house preview videos. Dip your toe in the water. We have uh, an associate here that is masterful at packing an open house. And what she does is she goes and does a quick little preview of the open house a couple of days before, doesn't show the whole thing. And then Mm -hmm. the day of, she does a Facebook Live. She shows part of the house, and then she goes, hey, if you want to see the upstairs in the backyard, you got to come see me, right? And she has people showing up like crazy. Yeah. So use it like any tool. Use it in the way that you're comfortable, but use it. Right. Do what works, but use the tool. But do works for you. Do what works for you. Yeah, that's right. That makes sense. And technology, technology, videos, podcasting, all these things. This is the new real estate. This is none of it's going away. Build a YouTube channel. I mean, not that you you know. Maybe you never go live. Maybe you never have this type of interaction. But when you think of something brilliant or you preview that house, or you do a virtual tour, or whatever it might be, add it to your YouTube channel, right? And you kind of start building a library. This is your digital business card, right? 
your Facebook and your YouTube channel are now how I'm going to vet you out. If I'm a consumer, I'm going to go to your your Facebook page. I'm going to check you out. I'm going to go, if you have a YouTube channel, I'm going to go watch a few of your videos. And so this is your way of auditioning for future clients. This is how they're going to get a taste of who you are and decide if they like you and they want to do business with you. Absolutely. And if we look at the technologies, these type of platforms, right, things have come and gone, but YouTube is here and it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. There's nothing exactly. that's going to be replacing that. Yeah. I mean, so employers use a great it now. Idea. Yeah. I mean, people go and they check out your Facebook. People use your Facebook as if it is a digital business card. And I want you to think of it that way. We want to see your personality. We want to see your dog. We want to be relatable to you. I want to go, Christy's got grandkids. I have grandkids. I like Christy, right? Now, I don't want to see your Cancun party pictures. I don't want to see anything. (laughs) If you wouldn't want your mom or your grandmother to see it, don't put it on there. Right? Be, Be mindful of that. But be relatable. Yeah. And two, there is ways to go on Facebook and hide things like as far as just a chip go on there and put anything after a year old or something you've got stuff on there from college that shouldn't be on there time to get rid of it so i'm going to share with you an experiment that that we did literally two days ago i took someone who has a real estate license that does not sell never sold did not have a facebook account ask permission So we built him a Facebook account. I think he has five Facebook friends, right? That's it. My VA, <laughs> he, his sister, and two other people. Then we took a listing. We borrowed a listing from another agent, took it, posted it on Facebook, spent $10 to boost it with a mofer. Okay. Make offer mm-hmm. for immediate response. Ask me how you can purchase this home below current market rates. Okay, that's it. So a call to action. We required a registration form. So this is not just people clicking on going, oh, I like that. These are people that click through, filled in a complete registration form. We had three people who did that. For someone who had no Facebook account, no Facebook friends, right? Five friends, that's it. Five friends. Yeah. So Facebook can work for you, you know, and it's a way for you to go out there and get in front of buyers and build a client base by helping educate them about something they don't know about. Right. We've talked a lot about education today. How much time do you think, I don't know what the average agent spends a week, a day on on personal growth education, but what should we be spending? We're talking like an hour a day. A realtor wants to plan. I'm going to work on this. How much time should they be dedicating to that type of thing? Well, this is kind of like asking how healthy should I be, right? (laughs) I'm a couch potato and I want to run a marathon, right? So I'm going to say, start today, do a self-assessment, ask yourself, who am I becoming? And who do I have to become to have that thing that I want? So let's say I want to earn 
$150,000 in real estate next year? Then I need to ask that question, right? This is where I'm at. Who do I need to become to be the agent that has that much business? Maybe I need to work right. on my script. Maybe I need to work on my database. Maybe my database isn't big enough to sustain that business. Then when I figure out what that is, I want to go and I want to educate myself on that. Whether that's an hour a day on YouTube, learning to be better with scripts. If that's going to my education that's available to me at my company. If that's going to an agent who's in my office that's mastered that and saying, can I shadow you? Mm -hmm. But I think the point is you have to start today. We use the analogy, it needs to go on your planning tool for the year, right? So if Christy, if you brought me your, what we call a 135, what's my big objective with my business? And then what are my strategies to make it happen? To make Um, it happen. Yeah. But whatever tool you use, if you use a calendar, you use a business planning tool, you use a 411, you use a 135, you use whatever it is. If I can't see it on your calendar, it doesn't exist. So you're not working on it. Yeah, it's never going to show up. So I'll use the health example again. You tell me you want to run a marathon. Well, I'm immediately going to go, awesome, show me your calendar. And I'm going to look at your calendar and I'm going to go, Christy, you tell me you want to run a marathon, but I don't see any gym time here or any running time, right? But if I see walk 30 minutes a day, run 30 minutes a day, work with a trainer, I'm like, okay, you're moving towards your goal because I see it. It's shown up on your calendar. Right. So I would encourage people, whatever it is you want to get better at your business, find your resource, block out the time for it, and it's got to show up on that calendar or it's never going to happen. I would agree with that 100%. I know we've all been in the situation where I'm going to do this or I'm thinking about doing this. And unless you actually put it in a plan and have that as an action activity in your calendar, it's not going to happen. Right. And that action activity could be go to YouTube, the learning videos <clears throat> and that type of thing. could be whatever it happens to be that you're working on. That's right. Awesome. Okay. So Elizabeth, what does home ownership mean to you? Oh my gosh. Home ownership has historically been the greatest generational wealth building tool that we have. Some would argue it's a forced savings plan. Some would argue it's a tax shelter People don't realize we got to taking these standardized deductions on our taxes and people don't realize your mortgage interest is tax deductible, right? So while people get hung up on the interest rate, I like to point out, unlike that credit card you're paying, your mortgage interest is tax deductible. Yeah. Right? It's also, you're getting in a normal market, a three to 4% appreciation. You have an asset that's going up in value. You have a willable asset, a generational wealth building asset, um, you know, by dirt. It, it's, it, <laughs> you know, I, I love to joke. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, people think that McDonald's sells hamburgers. McDonald's does not sell hamburgers, guys. 
they're actually in the real estate business because they own the land that McDonald's franchise sets on and they never sell the land. Somebody gets to take a hundred year lease from them, but at the end of the day, they own real estate. And so anytime you can own real estate, you are building and securing your financial future. I love it. Your future and your family's generational future. Absolutely. If you're renting, you're just building your landlord's financial future. I mean, let's just put it right. If the term is in the, the word landlord, right? There you go. There you go. Yeah. You, yeah. you have no control. And this is what is what I would want to help agents to convey to their clients, right? You have no control. You have control for one year. You've negotiated a one-year lease. And a year from now, that landlord can decide he needs to increase his rents. And that may be outside the scope of what you can pay. Yep. We're seeing rental rates are higher than home ownership mortgages. So that house that you're renting, you could probably own for a lower payment and have the tax benefits. So I think that as realtors, we have to educate ourselves and then really help educate our clients. We can't let a generation of young people miss out on home ownership because we're doing them a disservice in their wealth building plan. Right. Absolutely. Well, this has been fantastic, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I appreciate it. I know this information, realtors are going to love it. There's been some huge nuggets here. I learned some things and I appreciate having you so much on the show. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for listening to this episode of Oklahoma Real Estate Radio. If you like our show, please make sure to follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever your favorite streaming device is. Also check us out on Instagram and Facebook, and we will see you on the next episode.